This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. How do the goals and ambitions of women change as the years go by? Two women went back and interviewed dozens of their female college classmates to find out and learned that the conventional wisdom about women and ambition doesn't always apply. Real life steps in. They get married, they have children, and maybe that spouse doesn't have the same idea of what their career should look like. Then, a psychologist says parents can raise their kids to be kinder and more caring. One result is a happier family life. We're wired, really, to feel good about contributing to other people's happiness, and all kids need is one experience of that, and they can get a very strong sense of those intrinsic rewards that come from doing good for others. Those two interviews and more are coming your way on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The goals and ambitions that women have as early adults can change as they reach life's milestones. As our next guest explains, the so-called conventional wisdom about female ambition doesn't always apply. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Teenagers often enter college with big, ambitious goals, but those don't always translate into big achievements in the work world or at home. But now, a new guide based on research aims to help women to make big decisions more easily. Elizabeth Wallace is co-author of The Ambition Decisions, What Women Know About Work, Family, and the Path to Building a Life. Elizabeth, of the women interviewed in your research, all were ambitious in college, yet only 28% became what you call high achievers. First, how did you define high achievers? We defined high achiever as someone who has a big job, either on paper or by their own definition, a C-suite executive or C-suite adjacent, high earner, prominent in their field, and influential. About a third of them fell into that category. And there were two other groups. One is opt-outers. What is that? Those are the women who either temporarily or more long-term suspended their careers in favor of being present parents. And the third group, life flexors. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, we saw this third amalgam of women whom we weren't quite sure what to do with, and then we realized it actually was this third path that Hannah and I counted ourselves in, and we called them flex lifers, and they were women who continued working either full or part-time, but who postponed or avoided promotions or higher salaries or moving to different cities for higher jobs because they wanted to be more present in other aspects of their lives, including parenting, hobbies, volunteering. Women who wanted to continue working and got a lot of enrichment and financial reward from working, but who also wanted to lean into other parts of their lives and who didn't just see their ambition contained in a small box called career, but let that fly in all aspects of their lives. And did you find this last group to be the happiest? You know, happiness is hard to define and quantify. This last group was the group that was least willing to compromise on anything. 
They wanted to do it hard in all aspects of their life. They wanted to bake homemade bread for their children's lunches. They wanted to run trail marathons on the weekends, and they wanted to have a full-time job as a legal director for a nonprofit during the week and all of that. I don't know if they would say that they were the happiest, but I think that they would say that they were achieving all of the things that they wanted to achieve at the same time, even though it may leave them a little frazzled at times. So back on the subject of ambition, as women leave college and real life, shall we say, uh, starts to set in, what happens to their ambitions? I think real life steps in and circumstances step in, like they get married and maybe that spouse doesn't have the same idea of what their career should look like vis-a-vis their spouse's career. And or in the case of some of our subjects, they have children and the children may have health issues. And as in the case of several of our mothers, they become full-time advocates for their children's health and that becomes a job more important than their full-time job and they have a husband who can support them so they opt out in favor of becoming the advocate of their child's health or you know a million different micro decisions happen along the way some we may expect and some we don't expect that we kind of pivot around these things that happen in our lives and they don't always turn out the way that you like or that you expect but what we learned was that each of these micro decisions adds up to a life and that it doesn't leave you in a fixed place in your life that you make one decision and that maybe five years later you find yourself somewhere where you didn't expect to and you may say oh you know actually I kind of now want to get back to that big career now that my child's a little bit older I'm going to move back to where I was or you know I've been a C-suite executive for 20 years now and now I kind of want to be a math coach or a public school teacher I think I might take a happy derailment in that direction and try something else for the second half of my career. We're visiting with Elizabeth Wallace, co-author of The Ambition Decisions, What Women Know About Work, Family, and the Path to Building a Life. Let's pick up on that idea about expectations and the mention before about being happy. If you agree that being happy involves setting realistic expectations, how do young women, maybe right out of college and without much life experience, set the right expectations? I think that setting expectations that you can meet is something that comes from visualizing what you want your life to look like and what is important to you and asking yourself questions such as, is being financially independent important to me? Is being a high earner important to me? Is being a parent important to me? Is being married important to me? If I am going to be married and I do want to have children, is it important for me to be a present parent? Is it important that I am the only person who ever empties the dishwasher or would I like to have somebody else share that responsibility with me? (laughs) I think that envisioning what you want the day-to-day to look like and making micro decisions accordingly and a really important part of that is talking to make sure that you are on the same page as you make those micro and macro decisions along the way. But basically setting the expectations and then talking about them beforehand and then actualizing them is key to meeting the expectations. And you were picking up on my next question, actually. Did your research produce any advice on selecting a spouse who is compatible with an ambitious woman? It did, very much so. What we found was that our highest achieving women, if they were married, they had husbands who prioritized 
our friends' careers equally to or higher than their own. And we found that a good handful of our high achievers, they had stay-at-home husbands and that that was not an accident, that those men provided the support at home to allow their wives to become these high-achieving C-suite women, and that other women who also were high achievers had spouses who were happy to be flex lifers in their own right, you know, to not necessarily shelve their careers, but put their careers on the same plane as their spouses and take on an equal amount of the work at home that needs to happen to allow a woman to really soar in her career to become whatever she wants to be, whether it's a high achiever or a flex lifer or an opt-outer. And what is your advice then to ambitious women struggling to decide whether to have kids and when? That's a hard question, but I would say that if you are ambitious and you want to be a parent, to talk about what you want your parenting to look like vis-a-vis your career before you start on your parenthood journey, to understand that parenthood takes time and it takes money and that you can be an ambitious woman and a high-achieving woman and a mother, but that you need support at home to be able to do that. And you need to talk about that support and you need to demand it, not just sit around and hope for it to accidentally surface. Lots of women become entrepreneurs to avoid the glass ceiling at work. How can a woman determine if this route is correct for her? I can't necessarily say if a woman should become an entrepreneur or not, although several of our subjects did become entrepreneurs and liked that lifestyle. But what I will say is that several of them became entrepreneurs, enjoyed it, then got burned out doing it and went back to a more traditional job or a more flexible part-time job or freelance career. And that showed us that the career path that you pick is not fixed for your entire 20, 30, 40-year career, that you may become an entrepreneur and you may work really hard at that for 10 years and think, oh, you know, now I kind of want to be a part-time worker or now I want to go back to a corporate life where I have benefits and where I'm not working 80 hours a week and where I'm not the only person who the bottom line isn't only attributable to me, that you may shift at different points in your career and that that's okay and that lots of women are doing that and that that's totally a feasible way to see your ambition unleash over a career in a lifetime. Elizabeth Wallace, co-author of The Ambition Decisions, What Women Know About Work, Family, and the Path to Building a Life. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, how parents can raise their kids to be kinder and more cooperative. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. <laughs> 